world and on satellite. Gregory, and we're going to talk about the kingdom of God. I talked on Blog Talk this morning for about a half an hour about this, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I talked uh, for about a half an hour about this uh, event in Japan. I announced uh, that we had talked to people several times that morning about the coming of earthquakes, uh, specifically that 24-hour period, even though we had already seen the seven-pointer that occurred the day before, we still believe that there were more earthquakes coming. We have uh, audios up on our living network that uh, people can download, actually videos on uh, uh, a fellow in Australia who announced the day before the big earthquake in Japan that they was expecting a bigger earthquake in Japan. He actually was, he said, I was taken off guard with a seven-pointer that occurred there the day before because I didn't expect it until tomorrow. That's the kind of pinpointing these individuals are doing because they understand what triggers these uh, geological events, and it's the sun. Weather, earthquakes, volcanoes, all those things that take place on this planet find their origins for energy and power in the sun. Uh, we live in an electronic universe. Uh, there's magnetic fields that shield this planet from what would kill all life. Uh, they spread out in the planet in the geomagnetic uh, sphere around us. We interact with the sun. There happened to be a particular kind of coronal mass ejection just before the uh, uh, earthquake occurred that has a direct inline connection between us, just like a lightning bolt, between us and the sun. And there are other things that are going on on the surface of the sun that will actually show you on the planet the likelihood of earthquakes occurring. It's not 100%. People are getting better and better at figuring these things. It's much of this work is being done in the private sector by individuals who just have a passion for watching the sun, watching earthquakes, predicting earthquakes. Uh, the government actually knew that this was a possibility, but they didn't say anything because they're not in the business of saving your life. They're in the business of looking good. And they were afraid to say something because they might not look good. Um, the fact is, is there still may be more earthquakes in the southern hemisphere, and uh, because there's still more energy coming in, 
we are approaching solar max. Everybody's hearing the 2012 end of the world. Well, there, there, that happens to be solar max this, this uh, you know, every 12 years. There's a solar max where we have activities on the sun, and and this this uh, period was a little bit unusual. They were expecting a larger and more events, and there was a huge dip in activity on the sun. And everybody thought, well, what is this? Are we going into another minimum, which would bring us an ice age, uh, which has happened in the past, uh, many ice ages that they've had in the past during minimums uh, back in the 1300s, 1400s. But now it seems to be increasing in activity again. I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen on the sun, but I know that Jesus said, look for signs in the sun. And there were signs in the sun at the time of Christ. There were signs in the sun at the time of the destruction of Jerusalem. There was the signs in the sun at the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. Uh, as I said on Blog Talk, there were aurora borealises so bright uh, during some of the emperors after Christ, and even during Christ, Tiberius' time, uh, that the, you could actually read uh, a scroll paper at night in the streets of Rome. That's it, an extremely bright aurora, extremely bright. It was so bright they actually dispatched troops to go to the north, to up to Germanicus and, and places like that where there was, uh, they thought the entire north woods was on fire because they saw this glowing in the sky. Well, used to be, my uncle used to think that the uh, aurora borealis was caused by reflection of sunlight off of the polar ice cap. No, it's it's created by heating of gases by huge amounts of uh, what we call today killer electrons or uh, high-energy electrons entering into the Earth's atmosphere and even down into what we call the polar cusp to recharge this planet. When you have a coronal mass ejection sweep the uh, magnetosphere, it will rip away the charges in the upper atmosphere, which have to be replenished by the uh, negative charge here on the surface of the planet. And that means that there's a current flowing up to the Elsman sprites in the upper atmosphere. A lot of these terms you don't know. But that causes electrical currents to pass through the core of the earth and to the uh, crust of the earth and when they pass through that can trigger earthquakes and uh, the bigger the CME the more likely it is that you're going to trigger these earthquakes okay you trigger earthquakes we release pressure people don't realize that when you release pressure in one place along the fault you increase pressure somewhere else because it's movement it's pressure and if that momentum gets to a certain point, you can see earthquakes like the one in Japan all over the planet from one end of this planet to the other. If you had earthquakes like that in Oregon, you could have tidal waves sweeping inland, wiping out tens of thousands of homes. There are homes built where these tidal waves have occurred in the past, just before Lewis and Clark, I mentioned, on Blog Talk, explaining the details that there were huge tsunamis that swept ashore, wiped out whole forests, ripped trees out of the ground, and now there's nothing there but homes. Gas pipelines that supply inland pipelines all the way into uh, eastern Oregon cross these earthquake faults. 
if they're disrupted, you may not get gas for a month, two months, six months. Can you still get your crops in? Are you ready? Are you going to depend on the government coming to help you? They couldn't help the people at Katrina. 2,000 people, almost uh, almost 2,000 people died in Katrina. And, and the government was overwhelmed. I'm not saying there weren't valiant policemen and firemen and, and nurses and doctors trying to help people, but they were overwhelmed. And FEMA was of poor help and actually deterred people from obtaining help. They restricted uh, people from bringing in water uh, and water bottles and water trucks. They restricted uh, access to emergency supplies. It was individual people taking individual initiative that saved people many, 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 many times. The stories of heroism and, and wisdom uh, abounded. There was also the story of terrible selfishness and abuse. And there was tremendous story of people sitting around doing absolutely nothing, waiting for somebody else to save their stories behind in. Wake up. Start becoming your own faith emergency ministry auxiliary. Start forming churches like the early church, the first century church. Somebody recently was telling me that, oh, someone didn't want to listen to Brother Gregory because he talks about the first century church, and that's where we went wrong. Her husband has done research, and she knows what they should be now. They don't want to do anything with us. Fine. That's great. They probably wouldn't be any use anyway. They're all caught up in religious doctrines and theologies and ideologies and philosophies. And they're not doing the simple things that Christ said. Start caring about one another. If you care about one another, you'll try to find out who one another is. Who else cares about their neighbor as much as themselves? You know, Kennedy said, uh, go back to John Kennedy, uh, not Ted Kennedy, I don't care what he said, but uh, John Kennedy said, ask not what your country could do for you, but ask rather what you can do for your country. Well, let's apply that to the kingdom of God, which is what your ministers are supposed to be preaching is at hand. And the kingdom of God is the right to be ruled by God. None of you really hardly have a right to be ruled by God because you have chosen other rulers. You have prayed to other benefactors. You have made covenants with them. You have bowed down to them, and you must serve them now, all in violation of the Ten Commandments. That's where you're at. Okay, get over it. You are now subjects of Caesar. You are in bondage. You are again entangled in the bondage of the world. You don't know pure religion if it ran up and bit you on the leg. Pure religion is taking care of the needy of your society without the use of a gun or a sword, without being entangled with the bondage of the world, by actually helping one another because you care about one another. You care about somebody else as much as you care about yourself. I can't even hardly find that in husbands and wives these days. I can find it, but I can hardly find it. It's rare. It's a treasure to find husbands and wives who actually care about one another. I'm not talking in the first year of marital bliss. I'm talking 20 years, 30 years, and people are willing to chuck that away. They're yelling at each other. They're arguing with each other. 
They don't even care enough about each other to swallow their pride and their husband and wife. How can you do that in a congregation if you can't even do that in a husband and wife situation? You need to start repenting. You can't be tired of forgiving one another. You can't be tired of giving to one another. Because if you are, you're tired of Christ. If Christ is in you, that's what you want to do. That's what makes you happy. Christ is in you, and that don't make you happy. You know, recently somebody I know, you know, the, the wife went to stay with somebody else because she was angry with her husband or he was angry with her. I'm, I'm not really sure who was the most angry, and it doesn't matter. There was anger there. And they went to stay with somebody who I, I have, you know, briefly been in contact with, but while I was in contact with them, they were the most angry person there. Of all the people that came to the meeting, they just, they oozed anger. And yet, there's refuge there for them. Is that refuge catering to something in that person that makes them comfortable with their anger? Misery loves company. The devil loves people who want to be judgmental and angry and impatient. And what's the cure? Forgiveness and love. Real forgiveness and love. We are to rebuke one another. Christ said that. As many as I love, I rebuke. And I'm rebuking all you people out there who have divided yourself with religious doctrines and philosophies. What, 30,000, 40,000 different denominations? What in hell is that? And I use that word literally because that's what that is. That's hell. That's the ways of Satan, divide and conquer. How do we unite Christians with the right doctrines and philosophies? Most of these doctrines are doctrines of men. They're not the doctrines of Christ. Our doctrines is Christ's words only. But more than Christ's words only, Christ's spirit in our lives, in our day-to-day -day activities. Do, do I stay up till 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning trying to get this message out because I hate you? Do I respond to people who try to criticize, you know, re rebuking my brother because I love him? They, they say, oh, you shouldn't rebuke him. You should just forgive him. No, I should rebuke him. He was lawful. He said he was going to do something, and he lied. He didn't do it. He didn't even try to do it. He was too busy. Christ said, let the dead bury the dead when they said they were too busy. Was that rebuking? He called those people. They will be there, Jesus, but i got to go do this first. And, they, and, and when they tell Jesus, he says, let the dead bury the dead. He called them dead people. He didn't say, oh, well, that's okay. I love you anyway. When you can come, come. It's up to you, whatever, whatever. No, he said, let the dead bury the dead. Now, if they repented and came back, would he forgive them? Absolutely. But if they don't repent and come back, let the dead bury the dead. Let the foolish virgins knock. Knock, 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 knock. That's all they ever do. They don't actually care about anybody else. They just care about themselves. They just burn their own oil. They just had their own little campfires. You know, they just had, you know, made themselves feel good. 
How come every time I imitate that, I sound like Bill Clinton? Uh, poor Bill. You know, God would forgive Bill if he repented. Wouldn't that be amazing if Bill Clinton repented? I mean, really repented. Not just that, oh, I love Jesus. He already said that. I'm talking about really repented. That would be a miracle. But let's not worry about Bill. Let's worry about you. Are you ready to repent? Let's see your fruit. Do you care about others as much as you care about yourself? Do you want them to hear the real message? We are going to have tidal waves in America, in Canada. We're going to have earthquakes in America, in Canada, Australia, Hawaii, Europe. I mean, I didn't want to think about what's going to happen in Europe. I mean, you'd be better off down in South America to some degree, and that's, of course, why George Bush and, and the Moonies and everybody have built an almost country-sized estate down there and padded it with billions and billions of dollars' worth of support and built a huge U.S. military base down there, which they can put their own people into when absolute chaos breaks loose. Because they're planning for themselves. These are the kings of the earth. they got their little bins that they're going to hide in. What do you got? You got Jesus in your heart? Let's see him. Let's see him in your action. Do you, do you start screaming at your family? You, you can't even hold your own tongue? And you got Jesus in your heart? I don't see it. Now, I'm not saying you don't want Jesus in your heart, but you got to do a lot more letting go. Are you judgmental? Are you arrogant? Are you spending your day, half of your day, for other people? You know, if you care about your neighbor as much as you care about yourself, 10% tithing to a real minister means nothing. I mean, that's easy. Because you're going to spend another 40% of the energy you produce in that day for somebody else. That's caring about others as much as you care about yourself. And that works. Because if they're doing the same, I'm not talking about caring about every drug addict and, and homeless person on the street. Those are the, the bums you will have with you always. You can always help them out. Are you ready to help out the faithful? Jesus said, you know, come into the kingdom because you gave a drink of water to me when I was thirsty and clothed me when I was naked and visited me when I was in jail. And they said, when did you do this? He says, when, when you did it to the bums. No, he said it when you did it to the brethren. Who are the brethren? Those doing the will of the Father. The people, the prodigal sons who aren't coming back yet and are still out there carousing and being lazy and slothful, they shouldn't be eating of your table. Those that don't work, don't eat. They don't eat of the Spirit either. If you don't work for the kingdom, you're not going to get the gifts of the Spirit. You might have something that looks like the gift of the Spirit, but what Spirit is it? I've seen men heal, and then they cut them open and they're full of cancer. Because they weren't healing by the power of Christ. Don't you realize that, that the devil has power too? How do you tell the difference? 
Well, if you really let Christ in, you can start to tell the difference. And that's why most churches are in trouble, because they've let the wolves in in sheep's clothing. They wouldn't let a shepherd in their church if their life depended on it. And the funny thing is, their life does depend on it. And they won't let a real shepherd in their church. They want sheep in their church. But they only get sheep in wolves' clothing. And they get liars. And they get deceivers. Because they are willing to be deceived, they also deceive others. Nobody's preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God in these churches. They, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They think, you've got to go to the government to be helped out. But the government are the men who are benefactors who exercise authority. And they're not real benefactors because they only give you what they take away from your neighbor. And through the covetousness of that process, you have been made merchandise and a surety for debt, and they have no intention of getting rid of that debt. And even if you vote in, everybody in the Tea Party is not going to happen. Now, I'm not saying don't vote them in. You can go do that. If you, I swear your heart's at, you go do that. But let's not lose sight of the kingdom. Let's start building that faith emergency ministry auxiliary by forming these congregations of record, by swallowing your darn pride. Now, let's, let's do it better than that. Let's spit out your pride. Let's vomit it out. Start receiving the Holy Spirit. Start really forming congregations of record so that the next congregation knows who the heck you are. We've had contact ministers come on to the Living Network who did not communicate with any other contact minister for six months. Didn't call them, didn't email them, nothing. They got elected, and they did nothing. And there were emails that went out, their network emails, pointing out that we need to form a network that cares for each congregation to care about others as much as they care about themselves, because that's the precept that should repeat itself over and over again in husband and wife, in family, in congregations of family, in tens, in hundreds, in thousands. If we don't repeat that precept over and over again, we're not following Christ. You can't do that unless you have Christ in you because your patience isn't patient enough. It has to be Christ in you. And Christ in you doesn't isn't dragged in you by fervent prayer. It's just letting go of your pride, of your, it is the fact that you think you can do it. You can't do it, but it can be done through you. you got to let go and start being what Christ said. I mean, it's very clear what they were doing in that first century church. They were the entire social welfare of their community as Rome collapsed economically under inflation, under corruption in government. They were still trying to elect senators who would choose an emperor that would do the job. But they ended up with foreigners in there, and they ended up with all kinds of problems because only 5% of the Roman Empire had a Christian heart. 
but that allowed people by the millions to survive the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. But we're facing a lot worse than that. A lot worse. What you saw back then is a prophetic event of what we're going to see today. Glory. Hallelujah. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Surf's up. You got your boards? It's going to be a big wave. ahead of the dominant media firstamendmentradio.com and firstamendmentradio.net around the world and on satellite since the beginning of time kings have sought it nations have fought for it it has been traded it has been borrowed it has been purchased it has been stolen there's a reason for it to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity invest with the security of gold and silver Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188 or visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, and regular guest, world-renowned economist Robert Chapman, right here on FirstAmendmentRadio.com at 4 p.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, 1-800-375-4188. If you read the history books, the most often asked question to Southerners was this, why did you fight? And the most often given answer is, because you're here. In other words, the South did not invade the North, the North invaded the South. Was it the Civil War or... War of Federal Aggression. John Weaver sets the record straight in this DVD series on the Civil War from the Old Pass Christian History Conference. Was there a war to set the slaves free, or was it a war to enslave us all? Get this DVD and judge for yourself. War of Federal Aggression. Get this DVD presentation for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Call... 559-781-3773. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression. Get it today. You are listening to the Worldwide First Amendment Radio Network. We do not have freedom of speech because the Constitution gives it to us. The Constitutional Amendment was written to keep the government from taking our freedom away. The Creator gave us our rights but he also gives us the capacity to do evil or usurp the rights of others. Our individual rights end where the rights of another begin. No one has the right to do evil because evil can never be right. Those who would seek to limit your right to speak or hear the truth are the same who seek to subjugate, control, and enslave you. Freedom is not free. Support the worldwide First Amendment Radio Network by going to firstamendmentradio.com on the Internet and following the instructions there to support us. 
Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. Uh, we've got this tour coming up. It's going to go through 30 states. We're going to start out with Colorado. Uh, we're going to be in Fort Collins. Then we're going to go on to Denver. We've got I don't know how many stops, five, six, seven stops. Uh, and then I think we go to Hastings and then on to Omaha. And Omaha, we have a pretty big meeting going on there, uh, sponsored by the uh, congregation at Lowe's Hill. Uh, and uh, I, I actually don't know how many events, but you can find out everything you need to know at hisholyjurch.org slash tour. I think that if you just type in that, isholychurch.org slash tour, will take you to a web page. It should give you an update. And it's being updated all the time. I updated uh, a couple of flyers for Colorado went up today. Uh, some, I think the time and some contact information uh, for Hastings went up today. Uh, location uh, that got it, but they didn't get it to me in time before the radio program began, so it'll have to go up later. Texas is putting together more stuff, and Dallas, Fort Worth, I guess I'm going to Austin. Uh, and then we're cutting across all the way to the Carolinas. Now, the, uh, Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, Alabama, we've got to go through there. We don't have very many stops lined up. If you want to get stops lined up for your area, uh, whether it's just one house, uh, stop for lunch somewhere along the way at a restaurant on the major highway, uh, we can move off the... Uh, whatever route we're taking over there to South Carolina. We may even have an opportunity to go down to Florida. I don't know if we'll have the time. Uh, but get on the Living Network. Say you want to set up a stop. Find the contact ministry who's in charge. Volunteer yourself. Ask not what your network can do for you. Ask what you can do for your network. And uh, get on there and connect up. If you know radio programs where you want us to have a guest, be guests on there to promote the tour, do so. We've got hundreds of people, thousands of people that we may be meeting. The more, the merrier. Uh, out of the many that may come to the meeting, only a small percentage or, a, uh, or some sort of percentage will actually begin to gather together and form that living network. We have. A lot of that in place already. It's just a matter of repeating it. It's mathematical. It's a numbers game. But the numbers that we're looking for are those who are willing to live by the precepts of Christ and let Christ fill their lives in his way and do what is required. I don't know how many times Christ said, it's not those who say, Lord, Lord, but those who do it the will of the Father. But still we have people wanting to say, oh, it's about saying, you know, Lord, Lord about saying I'm reborn. You know, you want to tell me with your mouth, fine. You want to show me with your hands and with your life and the way in which you do and treat one another. Then I'll believe it. Uh, but it's not important whether I believe you're saved. It's important whether you really are living the way of Christ, with, and you cannot do that without Christ in you. Simple, simple mathematics. I mean... You can't do it any other way. You have to have this relationship with Christ. You can fake it, and it will get you nowhere. 
but you can't fake it to Christ, and you can't fake it for long, and you won't be able to fake it under hard times. If you can't be a walking, uh, living, breathing temple of love and uh, kindness and occasionally rebuke, because, I, as I said, you know, it's very clear, all that I love, I rebuke. Um, if you can't do that, then don't tell me you're saved. Because being saved is having Christ live in you. Every time you fall down, that's evidence you haven't accepted Christ as much as you need to. Now, I'll admit, we're prodigal sons. We've strayed. We're coming back. Uh, when the prodigal son was headed back to the father, he still had the stink of the pigs on him. Uh, he, he didn't have it all cleaned up. And he didn't have enough time to get all the way back, and neither do you. We don't have enough time to establish the kingdom of heaven on earth so that we will be ready for the disasters that are coming. The disasters are on your doorstep. They are here. You do have time to repent. You do have time to step back and head, turn around and head towards Christ. He will run out and meet you halfway. He knows whether you're sincere. You don't have to convince me. Don't keep telling me you're saved. Who are you trying to convince? Show me. Then I'll believe it. But I don't even need to know. Because all you have to do is do what Christ is telling you to do, and you will do righteousness. You know, if you need to convince others that you're saved, you're just trying to convince yourself. And the fact is, is, if you're really saved, you don't even care about convincing yourself. You're at peace. You're at peace all the time. Even when you're scolding people who need to be rebuked, you're still at peace. Because you, your emotions don't have you. God gave you emotions so that you can speak to people with a strong voice when needed. Man who speaks with authority. Not because he's out of control. Not because he's yelling and screaming. But because he's at peace. There's a hard message. You know, I've had guys call me up telling me they want to be a minister, and they are four-letter word cussing their wife and screaming at She's screaming at him, and then he, he talks to me in a peaceful voice. And, you know, I mean, I, just, I was thinking of somebody 10 years ago who was trying to do this, and they wanted to relocate here. I wouldn't want them here. Says <laughs> so nobody should come here unless God invites them. And, you know, that's our policy. If God is inviting you, come. If God is not inviting you, don't come, because we'll carry you out feet first. I mean, that's, that's the reality. We depend on the miracles of God. We absolutely depend on it. So are you ready for Christ coming back? So many people say, oh, we don't have to worry about any of that. When Christ comes back, he'll make everything right again. He already made everything right. You went and screwed it up again. <laughs> you screwed it up really bad. You screwed it up worse than it was the first time. You got demons ruling you. And you pay them to 
beat your neighbors so that you can be comfortable. When Christ comes back, you're not going to be happy because he ain't going to be happy with you. Here's the wicked. Get ye from me, he's going to say. Brother, you're, oh, but we built this wonderful church and, and we have one of the most beautiful choirs in six counties. Jesus is going to be so happy with us. No, I shouldn't just use the southern voice there. I, I should use the northern voice, or I might even throw in an Australian accent. <laughs> the point is, is you're not doing what Christ said. You don't want him to come back until you're doing that. Because he come back and find you doing what you're doing now, delivering the whole world back into bondage of debt and destruction. You know, I talked about that debt on the blog talk. They talk about debt ceilings and, you know, billions and trillions of dollars. You don't know what they're talking about here. They, they're they talking about how deep is the pit. A thousand seconds is 16 minutes. A million seconds is 11 years. What's a billion seconds? That's 30 years. Oh, wow. 11 days, 30 years just to go from a million to a billion? That's a big jump. 11 days, 30 years. What's the jump from a billion to a trillion? You want to go back a billion seconds? That's just 30 years ago. You want to go back a trillion seconds? That's 30,000 B.C. <laughs> They're talking, you've got to owe trillions of dollars. Your sons and your sons' sons and your sons' sons and sons' sons after that will never pay that off. The only escape from this death is the, the destruction of the property. I gave in one of the books four, four ways of getting out of this kind of debt system. One of the most cleverly engineered things Satan has ever come up with. Plus lemony. Some of you could actually enjoy that. Uh, you know, uh, payment of present value. That, that comes into it. But to really save everybody, and everybody won't be saved, it's the destruction of the property. Everybody's going to be free from the system. Everybody's going to be free from the system when it collapses completely from one end of the world to the other but everybody's not going to survive freedom how do you survive freedom you set your neighbor free first that's it you start learning to live by faith open charity i don't care if you got insurance okay you got insurance you better look for something else because the insurance companies don't love you we did a whole program on katrina and what the insurance companies did and people who had been paying premiums for years and years got the absolute total shaft. Totally, totally taken to the cleaners. Insurance companies aren't going to save you. Christ is going to save you if you turn to the ways of Christ. you got to repent. Don't just get baptized. Repent. Change your ways. Even when you change your ways, that's not going to be enough. You're still going to need the miracle of Christ. But if you don't change your way, you don't get the miracle. <laughs> yeah, the prodigal son, 
His father didn't run over to the pigsty and say, Son, please come out of that pigsty and come home. The son had to say, You know, I should have stayed at home. I should go back to the father. And I'll leave this off and I'll go back. Then his father runs out and meets him. You guys got to turn around because you've been going the wrong way way too long. Way too long. You are on the edge of the pit. Some of you are already falling. And God can't even save you if you repent. But don't talk to me about the fact that you've repented. Show me the fact that you've repented. You want liberty? Set your neighbor free. If you want to be free from Pharaoh, start taking care of one another. Start gleaning in the field at night for your straw. Start offering your straw to those other brothers seeking the same way. How do you know who they are? Because they filled out the papers? you got to walk the walk. you got to spend the time. You're going to find out, hey, this guy showed up. He handed out flyers on the campus. He, you know, went to the printer. He coughed up some money to help rent the hall. He loaned this to us. He helped us with this. He helped us with that. He, I could count on them. The guys who say, yeah, we'll do it, we'll do it, we'll do it, and then don't show up. Jesus got a whole parable about those guys. Yeah, Father, I'll do it. But then they don't do it. Rebuke them. You lied. You're a liar. I'll forgive them, but i got to rebuke them. If you don't rebuke a liar... He just goes off and stays a liar. If you don't rebuke the slothful, they stay slothful. We're not here to weaken you. We're here to rebuke you and, and uh, help you turn around. Start caring about one another. It's really simple stuff. It's basic. You know, guys I know who've read the Bible for years don't get that. We're not ear ticklers in the kingdom. Even Jesus said to Peter, who he loved, Get ye behind me, Satan. So are you ready? Are you going to be, are we going to see you on the whirlwind tour? It's coming up here fast. Uh, are you on the Living Network? Have you uh, picked out a contact minister? Have you volunteered? We've got a new deal now. You can become uh, what we call personal contact ministers. They're not. They're not like the ministers you see in your regular church. Anybody can do it. The qualifications for a personal contact minister is you have to care about other people. That's it. And you have to try to connect them with the whole network. That means you have to care about other contact ministers and connecting them with each other and your local congregation. You know, two, two different things you have to think about. I'll talk on juggling two balls here. That's it. Pretty simple. And that's what we call a PCM, personal contact ministry. He's just a contact point in a network that doesn't depend on the Internet. They actually call each other. They talk to each other. They actually sometimes, if they're close enough, visit each other. We'll have guys moving in the tour from one location to the other so they can meet the next contact ministers. And the more people we get involved in this, the bigger and bigger it grows. I can't can do, do it. you got to do it. I'm not the Pope. This is grassroots. 
you put the investment in, it enriches you and your area of the network, never forgetting about other areas. What happens already is that we get somebody in Colorado and he knows somebody in Carolina or we get somebody in Massachusetts and he knows somebody in Florida or in Hawaii and it grows. It could snowball. It's grassroots. It's simple. It's caring about one another, being there for one another, no matter what the disaster, how small, how great. But you always maintain the right of how much you want to share. That's the perfect law of liberty. That's what they're talking about. But it only works for doers. It only works for people who have Christ in their heart and, and are in love with doing that. So get on that living network. Volunteer. And like I said, we have this new deal where you become an APC, an assistant personal contact guy. Very easy. You just get one person to vote for you and one personal contact minister who will sponsor you. And you can join the group, and then you get access to what the personal contact ministers are seeing and knowing and learning. And, they, and then you become, you become a part of the guys who are the volunteers and the doers. You, anybody who joins the, the email group, they're on an email group with a lot of people that just love to sit on email groups and want other people to send them interesting emails because they want to be entertained. There are some people on that group that actually want to see it succeed and want to contribute to it, and there are some people that actually volunteered their time. That's the group you want to be on because that's the movers and shakers. And we don't let you stay on that group unless you comply with the precepts of Christ of caring about your next PCM as much as you care about yourself. There is no sideline on the PCM group. There's fish or cut bait. Or, you you know, you can actually, you know, maybe uh, haul a water bottle to the other guy's row in the boat. You know, you can row, you can fish, you can cut bait, but you got to be a doer. And we don't hear from you for six months. Bing, you're gone. Meanie, meanie. That, is that exercising authority? That's exercising responsibility. The kingdom of heaven is about responsibility. If you care about your neighbor, you will start becoming responsible for his safety as much as for your own. If you want your rights back, you've got to take back your responsibility as an individual, as a husband, as a wife, as a member of a community of a congregation of people who care about one another as much as they care about themselves. How simple can you get? Let's make this tour real. Let's make the more you invest in it, the richer the kingdom becomes. You are the treasures of the kingdom. These doers are the treasures of the kingdom. They deserve your support. You should be helping them out, making these local network events as big as possible, drawing in as many people. It's like you're gold panning. You've got to shovel a lot of dirt into the sluice box to find those nuggets. Now, a lot of mud goes down the river. A lot of gravel gets dumped into the bank. But you find some nuggets, some pearls, and it's worth it. What is it like you find this pearl? You're willing to give everything to make it happen. Who is willing to support this tour to get more people in areas far away from me 
Is that going to help me? People in North Carolina get their act together. How's that going to help me? They can't run to my aid. People in Boston. I mean, what are they going to do for me? I'm doing this because that's what Christ says for me to do. And I'm willing to cast my bread upon the waters of North Carolina and Pennsylvania and Indiana so that you guys can come closer to the ways of Christ and receive the miracles of Christ. Because you're going to need them. You're going to need them really bad. Because you cannot handle what's coming. I don't care how organized you are. You cannot. The kings of the world will find that out. You know, they're stocking up their ready-to-eat meals. They got their hideaways. They got their refuges. They got their armies. They got their, they got all their stuff. <laughs> they are going to be scared. I can't even tell you how scared they're going to be. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a pretty clean-mouthed guy, but this is, I'm trying to find words that emphasize what you're going to be facing. And all, you know, the manure is going to hit the fan, folks. And you're going to see bad things, and you're going to think, oh, my gosh, was that it? No, that's not it. That's just a wake-up call. That's just a dinner bell dinging. When it really hits, <laughs> it's going to be like a monkey wrench in the transmission. You're going to hear all kinds of heck breaking loose. But don't be afraid. Love one another. Start learning to get that flow of Christ in you going out to the rest of the world. Start forgiving one another. You're going to need to forgive as many people as you possibly can because you're going to need all kinds of forgiveness yourself. Forgive them so that ye may be forgiven. That's a government precept. It's not in your government, but it's in my government. Give so that you may be given unto you. You know, we got guys calling, hey, we need help, we need a refuge, we need a place to hide, because, you know, there's so much corruption in our local government. Where have you been? Have you been working on the tour? Have you been working to help other people? Have you been working to build a network? No, I've just been on an email group. I didn't know what to do. Did you ask what to do? No, I didn't want to bother anybody. But I need help now. I need help now. What well, too bad. <laughs> You're the foolish virgin. No, I don't know in this particular case that I'm thinking of that people may be. The fact is, I see all the groups. I see all the events going on. Everybody thinks, you know, if I mention something on the radio, I'm talking about them. See, you guys have no idea how many people I have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis and over the last 30 years of this ministry. You know, I've seen it, I, I won't say I've seen it all, because I've seen enough to know that there's always a lot more coming around the corner. <laughs> but I'm having fun. You having fun? When you see fire coming down from the, the sky, are you going to be having fun? I think it's going to be spectacular. You know, it's going to be the big wave, you know, to ride that big wave. That's what the serpents are waiting for, the big wave, the big challenge. This is the big challenge, folks, the wrath of God. 
We'll have to have a show on that, explain what the wrath of God is and what it's supposed to do. Everybody thinks it's supposed to punish you. It's to reward you. And for those that are faithful with Christ, will be blessed by the wrath of God. Because it's the power of God that will be coming through them in greater and greater ways. All these things you shall do in greater things than these even shall you do. Not you people that are in there not doing what Christ has told you to do in the simple way. Because he's pointing out the guy with the little talent, the one talent, he didn't do anything with it. He didn't get the ten talents. They took what he had away from him. They gave it to the guy who was the doer. <laughs> he didn't give it to the guy who didn't do anything. They gave it to the doer. Are you a doer or are you a do-nothing guy? Are you the slothful? Are you the, I'm already saved, I just go to church to feel good and make my wife happy? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I hope she's happy. Because God's going to be picked at you. You better start repenting, folks. See you on the tour. Coming up quick. See you on Talk Shoes. If you don't know where that is, because you're not on the living network, I'm not telling you. So, be there. Love it. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.